This episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. We haven't played a game yet, but the word is already out that we've got some you know, crazy passionate fans and uh, we can't wait to start playing hockey in front of them. You are Locked On Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. What's Kraken, Seattle hockey fans? Your host of Locked On Kraken, Erica Lindsay Ayala, for your Thursday installment of our daily show. If you're not already following the show, follow at Locked On Kraken on Twitter on IG, and of course, you can follow me, your host, at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8. I have been excited every time I step to the microphone to record this podcast, and today is no different. I have a good friend of mine, someone that, as I was getting into hockey broadcasting on the women's side, took me under her wing, even though I am definitely older than her. But we are talking about Marissa and Jemmy. This is a hustler, all right? I People say I hustle, and I do. I'm, I'm going to make sure I take credit for the work, the hard work that I do. But Marissa hustles. Woo, her hustle is to another level. I'm so proud to see everything that she's been able to do. And again, um, AJ nothing but a number, and this is someone that I definitely look up to and I see as a mentor and someone who has shown me the path of what you can do as a freelancer in the sports media landscape. So needless to say, I am super excited to bring on Marissa and Jemmy and we're going to talk about just as we've been doing all week, the expansion draft at the time of this recording, Marissa's expansion mock draft had not been uh had not been published but for 538 and check the link in the description in the show notes for this episode you can find marissa's full breakdown of the expansion draft but i got to pick her brain before that went live and i'm bringing that to you on this episode you're gonna hear from marissa coming up next but before that a little bit of housekeeping on tomorrow's episode I'm going to kind of give you the Friday news dump I'm going to give you this week in review there have been some things that have happened certainly in the NHL and even with the Seattle Kraken that because I had so many guests lined up I didn't really get into so we're going to talk about all of that tomorrow and I'm going to get you ready for next week as I mentioned, probably not as articulately as I could have, this is the final week, the final full week that we will be rosterless, okay? So we're talking July 21st, the Seattle Kraken will have players on their roster, and there are a lot of moves, again, around the NHL that are starting to put the picture into focus. So we're going to talk about that, but if you don't want to wait for Friday's show, Make sure you're listening to Locked on NHL. That's a great way to get a roundup of what's happening in the Men's National Hockey League. Without further ado, though, let's get into my conversation with Marissa and Jemmy. 
What's up, Seattle Kraken fans? I am here for another episode of Locked on Kraken, and I am super excited to bring on someone I consider a friend. We have worked together in hockey and is someone that I definitely, when I knew I was doing a, a men's hockey show <laughs> with someone that I knew I had to have on. That is none other than the freelancer, Marissa and Jemmy, freelance hockey writer. You can find her basically everywhere, NBC, Sportsnet, and Marissa. I think we got you on just in time because you're going to be dropping an expansion mock draft, like a preview of the expansion draft. First of all, first and foremost, Marissa, how are you doing? What's been going on with you? I'm I'm good, Erica. Thanks so much for having me on here. It's so cool that you're on Lock It On Kraken. Like, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like getting over uh, the NHL season that was. Um, Stanley Cup final finally over. And it seems like the hockey work never ends or something every single day. Uh, the league never quiets down, whether it's like absurd trades or the buyout period even being exciting right now. So, uh, yeah, it's a fun time to be in. in it's a fun time to be in hockey. Yeah, it's uh, a little wild, would you say? <laughs> exactly. I saw your tweet. I love that. <laughs> of course, we're we're talking on the day of, as you mentioned, that big buyout for the Minnesota Wilds. But let's let's start there then, uh, because you did cover the um, the National Hockey League for this past season, and and you've been covering the the NHL for a little while now. So the when you started as a beat writer uh, back with the Boston Heralds, you were covering the Bruins to now i guess we're this is your third season fully covering third full the, season third yeah. full season exactly third full season covering the nhl there has been a lot of change for you and certainly for the world and for the nhl what have been some of the the things that have just stood out to you in the last several years let's first talk about what you've been able to see and witness on the ice yeah, I mean, obviously a lot's happened since last year with the pause and everything, and then the, the uh, bubble period up in Canada, and then this season uh, going from empty stadiums to by the end of it, Tampa being able to hoist a cup in front of their fans. I thought that was, like, really cool, just that, because they won the back-to-back, so it's kind of, it feels kind of weird. It's almost like you can ignore this entire, like, two years because you just, like, condense those two championships, like, into this one period. But that they were able to win in front of their fans, I thought that was really cool. Um, as far as changes, I think we saw a lot this year, just like teams in general, like actually preparing for expansion now, right? Like it, it, it's so interesting to look at how there was this scenario as Vegas back in 2017 before 2018. Um, and, and that's kind of a blueprint now for not just only for Seattle, but for the rest of the teams as well. Like they've been through expansion now. They know what it's like to be a part of the draft. They know what it's like to team build around an expansion draft. And we've seen them build their rosters for that. And we saw that on the ice this year. We saw teams make decisions um, at the trade deadline with all of that in mind. So I think that's been really fun to watch in the last year, just kind of analyze everything that's happened with, with it in mind of like, oh, that's kind of all leading up to next week now. And we're kind of hitting that end point where uh, teams aren't going to have to worry about that anymore. So I think that's been really fun to see just teams not only rebound from expansion only four years ago to have to deal with it again now. 
yeah, it's going to be exciting. And this will be this upcoming season will be my first season covering the National Hockey League, or sometimes, as I like to say, the MNHL. Um, so I definitely am going to have to take some tips and tools from all of the fantastic work that you've been able to do. But with that said, I teased a little bit just a minute ago, Marissa, but you have a story that is at the time of us recording is about to come out probably will be live by the time your episode of Locked on Cracking goes live. Uh, but what can you tell us about preparing to write about an expansion draft and what was your process and what are some of your predictions? Yeah, it's such a difficult thing to predict because even then you have something happen like Minnesota and they buy out Ryan Sutter and they buy out Zach Parise and like a lot of my preview, I had to go back and change it because I was writing a lot about how, oh, if they get Parise to move, to, um, waive his no-movement clause, then they can do X, Y, and Z. So there are so many moving pieces, so many predictions. You have to look at so many avenues. So it's something I really wanted to take on because it's really fun. Like, it, it's just so unpredictable. Like, I wrote about something for NBC last week about how, like, the Ottawa Senators can control the whole thing. They have, like, an extra spot there for a defenseman, and there are all these defensemen out there. Does St. Louis want to move Vince Dunn? And by the time this comes out, like, oh, this is going to be outdated, which is going to be super fun. I uh, Like, does Tampa want to move Eric Cernak? Like, how concerned are they about these situations? So it's really fun to have to look at for 30, because Vegas isn't a part of this now, but, like, for 30 teams to have to look at, like, what are they going to do? And for some teams, it's kind of boring because you have the Kings. I'm like, they don't really have anyone who stands out. You have well, the Oilers now have to protect Duncan Keith. So now it's going to get weird. And like, I have an AHL player and Tyler Benson being picked because there aren't a ton of options. There are like the Bruins where you have like basically two young defensemen you can choose from. And then you have teams like Vancouver and it's like, do you want to deal with Braden Holtby? Do you want to take a defenseman like Madison Bowie? And like, there's so many different possibilities there. Um, so it's something I really wanted to write about and it, it takes a lot of research. I feel like I spent like a month reading before I could even begin to write up on all these different teams, but, um, it's really fun. But yeah, as far as predictions, it's so tough. I mean, my hot take the whole time has been Ottawa is going to dictate a lot of stuff. So we'll see, um, how many moves they make, if they're able to bring in a defenseman, um, we'll see what happens with Tampa. I think they're one of the more interesting teams because you have Tyler Johnson who's from Spokane. So like he's a natural fit, but do they want to take on his contract when Cernak might be there? Cal Foot might be available and hard to turn down. Does Yanni Gord kind of get left unprotected there? What happens? Um, I think Pittsburgh's interesting because they have a few different forwards between Jared McCann and Zach Aston Reese. I'm a big Aston Reese fan. Um, out in Northeastern, we love those guys. Um, so it's going to be super interesting to see um, just which of these possibilities, because I feel like you can predict and say anything all day long, but there's going to be side deals too, like, you have the Sharks and you think about like, oh, well, Ryan Donato seems like a good fit, but is there a side deal to take on Brent Burns contract? Or like, there's so many moving pieces. There's so much that's going to happen in between now and July 21st. We cannot possibly predict. So that's why it's fun to try to do it because you hit like one of those and you feel pretty good, right? Yeah, absolutely. We have a host over at Locked on Devils. He calls it silly season. And he's like, Eric, it's fun. It's fun to make these predictions. I think it's fun to hear other people's predictions. Meanwhile, I'm over here just like having conniptions, like not my vibe, not my gift, but that's why I have experts like you. If you are a longtime listener to the Locked on Network, then you should know. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've still got baseball season. The NBA finals, we know, are still going strong. And you can get all of the latest news, odds, and all of the information on sporting needs from Major League Baseball, from the NBA, and of course, from the NHL 
over at betonline.ag. So before the next pitch, before the next big game, head to your mobile device or on your desktop, your laptop, check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So I've spoken to a few other people in the Locked On NHL network in particular, and one question that a lot of people have, and myself included, is what we think Seattle's going to do with a goaltending situation. And I'd love to get a sense. Uh, you can give names if you'd like, or we can, you know, either way, we're going to plug your work. But um, what are your thoughts on the goaltending situation? How much do you think the Kraken need to get a veteran goalie versus finding someone that they can build for the future? Where do you see that as far as that um, pertains to the expansion draft in particular? Well, they have a lot of options starting from scratch. Um, one thing that I think that's interesting about Seattle and goalies in particular is they can kind of serve as a broker in the offseason, too. There are teams who need a goalie. Uh, the free agent market's kind of weird because Tuka Rask is out there, but he's not, like, going to go anywhere but Boston. And even if he does, he's not available to play till January. You have Craig Anderson, but you want to bring in a 38-year-old goalie. Like, uh, Pecorine just retired, so everything's kind of changing there. So Seattle is going to have some leverage a little bit. They're going to be able to take a goalie or a few different goalies, and maybe they can move them. I mentioned San Jose. They're a team that could use a veteran goalie in particular. So you look at maybe Seattle takes someone like Braden Holtby. Do they flip him to San Jose? Do they like? Do they try to get a young player like Ryan Donato if he gets protected? So there's a few options there. As far as like guys available, I think Jake Allen and Montreal's kind of been on the radar for a bit, and that depends. Like Montreal, there's a few options. Do they take a flyer on Jonathan Druin and his contract? Is Philip Deneau available because they don't get his contract worked out? But I think Allen's a really good option there. Aiden Hill in Arizona is another really um, – he's a good pick. Minnesota gets a kind of weird now because they're going to protect one of their goalies. If Cam Talbot's available, like that's almost kind of like a no-brainer to bring in a guy like him. So they have a lot of options, and I think they can stockpile goalies too. They can take a bunch of guys they don't intend on keeping and move them around. So the guys that they get on this roster, you look at how Vegas did things. Those weren't their final players. Like some of those right. players they got, those contract, especially some of those bad contracts they picked up, they could either buy out or they were able to flip. They got draft picks and they flipped those draft picks and turned them into like Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. So I think we're going to see a lot of stuff like that. And in a, in a market where they can move some goalies around in particular, I think they're going to have some leverage there. Yeah, there's definitely some names that you mentioned that I've seen on other boards, so to speak, Jake Allen being one of them, Aiden Hill as well. You mentioned the Wild, um, and there's another conversation that I think has been really interesting, and that's whether or not Matt Dumba is going to be available. What are your thoughts there? I think that them letting Ryan Suter go, like I think that really solidifies Dumba staying there. Like It really feels like that move was made to keep him because – they were looking at a situation they weren't going to be able to keep him because of the no trade movement uh, or the no movement clause. Same issue as Parise. Like, I think they're going to be able to retain Jordan Greenway now. And I think that's like the most important thing for them. Cause I was like, if Greenway's available, that's a guy. If you're Seattle, you go out and get. So losing Parise means they can keep him. Losing Suter means they can keep Dumba. I think that it's going to be tough for him to be left unprotected at this point. I really feel like that move was made in mind in particular to keep Dumba on board. Kind of like, 
when they let Alex Tuck go and a few other guys in the Vegas expansion, like they've kind of made it a priority to keep Dumba there. And I think that the moves today really reiterate that. Yeah, absolutely. I know Alexis Pearson will be thrilled uh, <laughs> to hear that. So uh, that was definitely no go on Dumbo when she was on Locked on Wild. So I think that's fantastic. And you talked about just like the research that goes into this and that there's a lot of unpredictability. But if you can get some of the picks right, that it's the most fantastic feeling. Um, but now coming out on the back end, you kind of alluded to this, but um, you know, thinking about how many of these of the players that you have on your list do you think are actually going to hit the ice for the Kraken in the fall, or do you have Ron Francis, you know, being the master puppeteer all the way up to puck drop? I think that what the expansion draft looks like might not necessarily reflect what's on the ice because, again, I'm really using Vegas as a blueprint here, and that was the case for them. Like, they had a few picks of guys who just, like, never played for them or they were able to flip around, too. Remember, there are some desirable players for other teams as well. So uh, when you're not worried about, like, oh, we have to protect seven forwards, three defensemen, eight skaters, or whatever, there's going to be some more leverage Seattle has, and they're going to have more cap space than pretty much anyone except for Minnesota, apparently, now going into – the next couple of seasons. So um, I think we're going to see a ton of movement. I think that it, it's so unpredictable what it's going to look like. Um, we're going to get a better idea for sure. But like if they take like four goalies, I'm not going to expect them to have all those guys on their roster. So uh, they're going to have some leverage to be able to move some of their pieces. They also have to build up their minor league system as well, too. So I think they're going to, especially for some teams, like I'm looking at um, Ottawa with uh, Vitaly Abramov, who's in a KHL and he's an RFA. And if Ottawa can retain him, He's a player who I think Seattle might be interested in because I just think they're going to protect their forward. Like they don't have any desirable forwards other than who they're protecting because they weren't very good the past couple of years. So they're going to keep the guys who they have. Um, so I think that we're going to see teams them kind of build up their minors too through this when they're again like a team like Edmonton to Tyler Benson. I really think might be a good fit for them out of the AHL. Um, so I, I think we're going to see them build up some of their organizational depth and stockpile some pieces more than anything. But remember, they're going to partake in free agency on July 28th, too. So they're going to have their eyes um, on some of those players who are available. They have the number four overall pick in the entry draft. So uh, and they don't really need a pick for need because it's going to be kind of all over the place as it is for them. They don't have a team yet. So um, I, I think that we have a lot, a lot more moves ahead of us. Yeah, no team one player officially and lots more to come on the 21st, but you mentioned that there's a lot more that's happening this month. So it's not just the 21st. Then on the 23rd is when we start the entry draft. And as you mentioned, then there's free agency. And mm -hmm. as we can see, that might be massive for not just the Seattle Kraken, but for the entire league, but let's go to the entry or amateur draft. Now, Marissa, what are your thoughts on, do, do you think that the, what, Seattle gets in the expansion draft will have any bearing or should it have any bearing on who they pick with, at least as of right now, that number two selection? Well, it, it's super interesting because it, it, it's a weird draft year. And I know I said number four earlier and I meant number two because you said it right now and my brain's just like, oh no. Um, it, it's super interesting because this year's draft, like, the juniors didn't play in Canada for the majority of the past year. The scouting is kind of weird. The college season was really tough to scout because teams played in their own conference for the most part. There were a lot of delays. Some teams really didn't get to play all that much at all. 
So it's been a really tough draft to scout. So a lot of the draft experts have been calling it like a weaker draft or um, at least a softer, like top five or so than what we're used to seeing. So if you're the crowd, if you're any team, really, you just kind of have to take the best player available because there's not going to be that much value there, period. There's a couple of decent goalies at the top of the draft. Maybe Seattle goes for one of them to build up their farm system. Um, maybe Owen Power is available for them if Buffalo goes for William Eklund, which is that's what the speculation kind of has been um, recently, at least after everyone kind of got power out of Michigan was going to go number one. So they're going to have some options there. Um, I don't think that their team is going to be built through the, uh, the entry draft um, this year, at least. I don't think anyone's really prioritizing those picks as much. I don't think they're being valued as much as they have been in years past or in years to come for that matter as well, just because it's such a tough year to really scout. As I mentioned, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. It's your favorite family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. No more having to go to your local dealership or, you know, auto parts store. You can scroll from the comfort of wherever your mobile device is or from your home and find all of the parts, the specifications that you need for your vehicle. Brakes, tail lamps, even carpet. You can find it all on the rockauto.com catalog. So what you're going to do is head over to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your vehicle. Make sure you type locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think we've been hearing this, though, throughout sports. I, certainly, I know that you did some WNBA draft coverage, and that is a lot of what we're hearing. Also, even talking about women's hockey in the NWHL, not only is has everything, all international tournaments and even a collegiate play been impacted. You've seen players transferring out, try, trying to hit the ice. Um, but you also see that it, uh, this is more, I think, uh, on the women's side, we focus on this a little bit more or see this a little bit more. But like adding a year of eligibility is also impacting different drafts. And then, of course, there is just, um, you know, for whatever reason, there is this uh, confusion or lull in, in, in talent that we seem to see in a, in a handful of different sports. So now I've been saying a lot of people have been asking me, Marissa, about the coaching staff, particularly with Dave Haxtell. I don't know. And I, I, you know, I don't, I didn't experience firsthand the pains that Philadelphia Flyers fans <laughs> might have had. I have learned uh, on social media. Um, but you know, that was an opportunity that Dave himself has said, you know, didn't necessarily pan out the way he would have liked. It was a learning opportunity, but I still get the sense that Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken have built their coaching staff to be a staff that is comfortable and confident developing young talent. Do you think that that kind of gives us an indication of where Seattle expects to be in, let's say, their first three to five seasons. Yeah, I mean, just to hit on Hackstall a little bit, I, I think it's interesting, the reaction, because it didn't work out in Philly for sure. But we've seen a few other NHL head coaches where that second stint really has. Like, you look at Bruce Cassidy in Boston, who I've dealt with plenty of times uh, working 
out here and his first stint with the Capitals went horrible and then he goes to the Bruins and they end up going to the cup final they go to game seven in 2019 so I think that I mean there were a few different guys available that were not Dave Haxtell that could have been an option for them but I don't think it's as um, terrible as some people have made it out to be only because like in the NHL too so much of it is what's on the ice compared to like who's on the coaching staff. But yeah, I think when you're building any team, like I think I saw somewhere, someone was interviewing Ron Francis about, I think it might've been at ESPN or I think it was actually Hackstall about like how much pressure is there to be like Vegas. They go to the cup final in their first year. They've been to the conference final in three of their four uh, first four years. And if you're Seattle, how much are you holding yourself up against that? And that's a tough thing to do because that's not the norm, right? Like expansion teams don't do what Vegas does. So if Seattle doesn't do what Vegas did, if they're not at that level, are they viewed as behind? Are they viewed as a disappointment, even though they're an expansion team? And if Vegas didn't go to the cup final in 2018, we wouldn't even be thinking about anything like that. So they have to build their franchise in a way that's not like holding themselves up against Vegas and comparing themselves. And I think that's really tough to do. And the best way to go about that is to build through young players. And they, they their front office is tremendous so far. That's a front office that's equipped so we're kind of like building the team of the future, right? Using those analytics. Yeah. Um, I love what they've built up there. They bring in Jay Leach, who was the head coach of the Providence Bruins, and he's been a huge help to so many young players in that system. Um, I thought that was indicative of anything of what their approach is going to be. So I think their biggest hurdle is going to be people are going to expect them to be the Golden Knights kind of overnight. And I don't even think they're planning for that. Yeah, I agree with you. I love that you said the team of the future. I actually talked with Gil Martin of Locked on Islanders, and that's exactly what we were talking about, talking about that everything from what we see in the front office and even staff that's not directly responsible for the talent or the product on the ice, everything around this franchise seems to really be forward thinking, including some of what they've taken on full force when it comes to Inclusion. I mean, I've had Chanel Keenan on the show. We see that JT Brown and obviously Everett Fitzhugh are part of making history. Cameron Granado. I mean, it goes on and on. Other NHL teams aren't doing stuff like that. No, not. Absolutely not. And never have. And, you know, some people might say, oh, is this kind of just riding the wave of what's happening in culture right now? Is this you know, what the Seattle Kraken are going to be about every step of the way. I get the sense that they've shown us that this is what they want to do. They want to be innovative. They want to bring in young talent. Uh, They want to bring in talent while also having young talent be around staples in the hockey community, not necessarily just NHL, but they have high hockey IQ, like literally of the highest level throughout all of the sport. And I think that's really exciting. I think it does mean that the Seattle Kraken have potential to be that team of the future. So with all of that said, Marissa, I know that you are going to be covering the NHL moving forward. You're going to be keeping eyes, I'm sure, like all of us on the expansion draft and the entry draft. But since this is locked on Kraken, I get to ask about the Seattle Kraken. So are there some storylines that you are going to be kind of keeping an eye on as we get closer to puck drop in the fall for the Seattle Kraken? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to predict what the story of the Kraken will be in their first year because we don't know who it's going to be. But it's so exciting to think, like, in one day, they're going to have 30 new guys on the team, right? That's 30 new stories. Um, And that's going to be super exciting. And then the entry draft and free agency so soon after. So I think 
the best storyline, one of the best storylines in sports right now is just seeing that market, a great sports market, be reintroduced to the NHL, be reintroduced to hockey again for the first time in like over 100 years. I think that's, um, it's so cool, especially for a city that lost their NBA team that's really kind of gone through that, that's been called a bad sports city and all this stuff. And um, they've really kind of turned it around, obviously, with the Seattle Storm being who they are, having like power five um, conference teams as well, have some success out there. I mean, Washington softball is like actually good. Um, so it, it, it's going to be really cool to see like that city continue to like turn themselves around as a sports market and have a team like the Kraken that they can really get behind. I think that's going to be really exciting to see on the ice again, like who's to say, like, I, I think we're going to have this habit again of comparing them to Vegas this whole time. Um, not only on the ice, but you see like the pomp and circumstance around the golden Knights all the time, like, and how much hype they have in general. And I feel like it's going to be so easy to fall into that habit of making that comparison. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of an identity the Kraken create for themselves. Well, we over here at Locks on Kraken are obviously excited, and it was so great to be able to pick your brain a little bit, Marissa, and cannot wait to talk more about your story once it drops. We'll have all of the information here for all the Kraken fans, and we're just going to have to have you back. We'll we'll, we'll have to, uh, you know... Hold up your your expansion predictions and and see how well they aged. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> well, Marissa and Jemmy, thank you so much for joining us on Locked On Kraken. Again, we will make sure to pump your story that you have coming out for 5:38, and we will make sure our listeners know exactly where they can find your work uh, in the future. I have to close out this show again saying thank you. Maybe it's thank you Thursdays. I'm feeling grateful. I'm having a great time doing this show. I love podcasting, basically because I love talking. Before podcasting was a thing, this is what I would do. Give my takes, my passionate takes about sports, and now I get to do that for the Seattle Kraken. So for all of you who are showing love on social media, I see you. I love it. This is a brand new show. This is my first time covering the National Hockey League on a regular basis. So there's a lot that we are learning together. We're building a community and I can't wait to have some activations outside of just Spotify Greenroom where we can interact and have a good time, get to know each other, and of course, support the Seattle Kraken. That's the show for today. Again, tomorrow we're doing a week, a weekly roundup of everything that has happened in the NHL, in the Seattle Kraken news, and even, you know, other places in sports, I should say other places in hockey. I come from women's hockey background, so I'm always going to sprinkle in some of that hashtag content and updates as well. And a reminder that you don't have to wait until tomorrow's show to engage with me. You can meet me over at Spotify Green Room, 6 p.m. PT, 9 p.m. ET. We're going to be talking all things Seattle Kraken. And you can follow me on the Green Room app at elinz08, just like everywhere else on social media. Until tomorrow, this is your host of Locked on Kraken, Erica Lindsay Ayala, wishing you a great day. I hope you have a fantastic day. I hope you have many moments that are filled with joy, that make you smile, that make you laugh, where you can spend some time just rejuvenating your soul. I really hope that for you, for me, for all of us today, and I'll see you tomorrow.
Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Giannis Atencumpo blocks the Phoenix Suns from going up 3-1. to one. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. 